this is Lissa and Jerry Lee. Welcome to Experience Eden, This Side of Heaven. We hope this conversation will speak to your heart and inspire joy. Welcome back to Experience Eden on This Side of Heaven. Today we are talking about the destructive consequences of expectations. So how unrealistic expectations can damage our relationships, can damage our self-worth, and can ultimately hinder kingdom work. Amen. We don't really think about that, how our expectations either of ourselves or of others or of God, how it impacts how we live and how we behave. But if you really think about it, it has a lot to do with how we behave and how we interact with others. Um, and expectations can be actually very toxic. Um, mm-hmm. It's good to set good goals, um, good expectations for your own behavior. Um, all that being said, there are some healthy expectations that you should be able to have in certain interpersonal relationships, too. Um, but specifically what we're talking about today is um, the negative impact of expectations uh, and it's a quote that I often quote in Bible study is that expectations are premeditated resentments. And let that sink in for a second. <laughs> How often are we disappointed by a situation mm-hmm. or, or by a person or by a relationship when it doesn't work out the way we had dreamed it would work out in our head? Yes. And we hold the person accountable to the failed expectation when they had no knowledge of it. I mean, it wasn't their expectation of themselves. And yet we hold a grudge and we hold them accountable for failing to meet whatever we had already, you know, the script that we had working in our heads already. Yeah, it's so true. We do because we have this preconceived notion of how we expect things to turn out, whether it's with ourselves, our relationships, Mm -hmm. like work we're doing. And if it doesn't turn out that way, it's just, it could be so destructive Mm -hmm. and and really disappointing. And so there's been times when I've had a situation or a circumstance and I will vent my frustration, like to my husband and say, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't believe someone said this or did this. And I'm like, I would never do that. Or I would have handled it so differently. And his response is, okay, that's where you went wrong. You are comparing what they did to what you would have done. Yeah. And I think so often we do that. We don't allow someone to have the the grace of having their own free will and their own mind and perhaps even their own agenda um, of what they want to do or to get out of a situation. And so we expect them to behave in a, in a manner in which is logical to us mm-hmm. or beneficial to us. And then when it doesn't work out in our favor or as we desired, then we're disappointed or frustrated or mad or whatever feeling comes from that, you know. Definitely. Uh, yeah. And so I was thinking when I was thinking about this, um, and this was kind of inspired um, by a Bible study that we're currently doing with Priscilla Shire, who's one of our favorites, obviously. Um, but it's it, it cautioned me to be aware uh, and to beware of um, unrealistic expectations and imposing them on other people. Uh, and so I kind of wanted to get to the root of it. Like, well, where does this begin? Mm-hmm. And and how does it happen? Like, how do I end up now as a 42-year-old woman with unrealistic expectations? Where did it start? Yep. Right? And so, um, like any problem or anything that we need to address, uh, it's important to start at the beginning. Childhood! <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be perfect for 
perfect to come uh-huh. after emotional intelligence because we talk so much about our childhood and how it shapes us and how we behave and how we interact with ourselves, um, with other people and with God. Mm-hmm. Because like it or not, it shapes us for better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, and so I started thinking about it, you know, so we're born and we're helpless and we're, you know, cute little infants, but we're completely relying on our caregivers. Um, most often that's not a parent, but not necessarily. It could be a grandparent or a caregiver or guardian or whatever the case may be. Um, and innately, but also it's a learned response um, that we become dependent on the big person who's taking care of us, the grown up, grandparent, parent, whatever the case may be. And so um, throughout childhood, we learn to depend on them. Okay, they're going to feed me. Yes. They're going to protect me. They're going to provide shelter. They're going to cuddle me. They're going to teach me things or put me in a place where I can be taught things like school or whatever. Um, so it's just a natural response that we come to rely on other people and have certain essential and basic expectations. Like our basic needs are going to be met, food, water, shelter, protection, those kind of things. Um And so as we get older, um, in most cases, those are reasonable expectations. And I started kind of like diagnosing it and really thinking about it. Um, It's not always a positive circumstance or it's not always a positive experience Mm -hmm. in childhood. Yep. Um, You know, some of us have parents who abandoned us or maybe one parent abandoned us or both. Or maybe we lost a parent or both. Um, maybe it was an abusive or parent, or maybe the parents stuck around but was neglectful, even though they're physically there. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that can be introduced into our lives that impact our expectations. So again, for better or for worse. So you could have grown up with two amazing, wonderful parents who were always there. They never missed a school performance or a school yep. function or a sporting event, and you came to rely on them, or in this case, expect them to be there. Yeah. And so you very likely developed um, a healthy expectation of their behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, you agree with that? Or? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like me growing up, mm-hmm. my parents were always there and I expected them to be there. Um, I think they didn't come to one game and I knew they weren't coming. But still, I mean, I'm like, what? what is better than coming to my game? I don't understand. <laughs> I expect you to be there. (laughs) And it's just like, because they're always there, you know? Mm -hmm. So then when the the absence is there, I'm like, excuse you? Exactly. Well, because no matter what we experience in life, we we are conditioned for certain things. And I think expectations ultimately are a conditioned response. Yes. Um, And and so then there's times when, again, maybe a parent was deceased or Mm -hmm. maybe a parent abandoned the child or the family. Uh, or maybe, the, like I said, maybe there's a lot of kids with perhaps uh, mentally ill parents or guardians mm-hmm. or maybe addict parents or guardians. And their experience was very different. Mm-hmm. So, okay, mom's in the room, but she didn't make dinner again for the fifth time this week. Or, yeah. or you know what I mean? And there's yes. so there's then that child will learn to expect disappointment mm-hmm. or have an expectation that the person that should be taking care of them isn't. Yes. And so you see how our expectations can be conditioned based on our experiences. And it starts very, very young. Um, And so when you think about that, um, as you grow older, for children in that situation, I think something really catastrophic happens in their emotional um, development, their psychological development. And not only that, but their own self-worth and their own Mm -hmm. value. Like you said, well, what's better than showing up at my game? Yeah. So imagine if that was habitually happening. Mm -hmm. And the parents weren't showing up ever. Well, how does that child feel about their performance or their value? Exactly. And so these expectations can be catastrophic. Like, okay, the person who loves me most is going to fail. 
yeah. or the person who should be here with me has abandoned me. And so now the expectation can be skewed going out into the world, into romantic relationships, the workplace, mm-hmm. um, in situations like that where it can be completely skewed to where you can't trust anyone and you can build walls and not allow yourself to be entrusted to another human being. And so it's, it's, it can be very catastrophic. It can be quite pleasant too, but uh, it's important to recognize that both of those situations exist Mm -hmm. and, um, and to be sensitive to that. And then as we get older and we develop friendships, um, romantic relationships, I think it's important to know where that other person's coming from. Definitely. And how their expectations of you and how you're going to show up in the relationship impacts them Mm -hmm. because then they will, they will react to you from that place, not necessarily reality. Absolutely. It's baggage. We we loosely call it like baggage. Yeah. Um, But that's very real and that really happens. And then, um, you know, so that's like thinking about it from childhood, from infancy. Yeah. So there's people, we have expectations for people to care for us and to show up for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's a, another component that begins to be developed when we have, when we're in that uh, development stage of ego and self-worth and self-confidence. And now we, instead of looking around us to see what we expect from the world, now we're like, okay, the, I have an expectation of myself because mom, dad, caregiver has an expectation in me. I need to get all A's. Yep. I need to get my butt to sports practice and do well in the game or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so now we start looking inward a little bit and going, okay, well now there's expectations of me yep. from the outside world, from a teacher, coach, parent. Uh, and then you do it introspectively like, okay, well I have to perform for these people and for myself. Everybody likes to perform well. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to be valued and valuable and successful and, that's a normal thing too, but then we begin to impose expectations of behavior on ourselves. So what happens when we don't meet those? Ah, yes. <laughs> I know that all too well. Right. My parents definitely, they expected me to get good grades. I had to do really well in sports, you know, mm-hmm. had to be the top leader, had to be an ASB and all these different things. And I did like it because I liked being the best at everything that I did. Right. I love to do that. So I would always get traded. I would always, you know, be the best on my sports team, the top score, everything like that. And when I didn't meet those expectations for myself, it was like, who am I? Yeah. (laughs) It was like an explosion. Like I just super upset with myself. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to be around anyone. And it's just like, it's so unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. And, and failure can be crippling. Yeah. So failure can inspire hard work Mm -hmm. and determination and improvement. Uh, It can also inspire negativity um, poor self-esteem, mm-hmm. um, negative self-talk. I mean, all of these things have multiple avenues. So you can you can fail and feel like a failure, mm-hmm. and you're never going to amount to anything. Um, and you can do well, and you can get an ego. I mean, yes. balance is is critical when mm-hmm. dealing with your own self-esteem and self-value, but also with with expectations of yourself and others. And so it's really important to have these kind of conversations about like, well, what's a healthy expectation? Exactly. So there are healthy reasonable expectations and then there are unhealthy and unrealistic expectations and that's really what we're talking about is when you get in trouble um and then you know with the whole expectation is premeditated resentments like let's just talk about like romantic you know how many times you ever heard a girlfriend say a boyfriend hurt her feelings or whatever well he should have known better yeah well did you tell him (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like well i expect flowers on my birthday and on valentine's day and at christmas or whatever the case may be you have an expectation Mm -hmm. 
And they should just know it. They should just know. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, sister. No, it, this is, it requires healthy communication. Yes. It requires um, self-awareness and um, you being able to admit to yourself and express to the other person what the expectations are. Uh, most people in relationships aim to please one another to the best of their abilities. And, and when it comes down to really healthy and effective communication, often that's met. Mm -hmm. Those are met. Um, but it's when we fail each other that, uh, you know, it builds up walls and resentment and relationships begin to break down. Um, but the thing is, and the bigger implication of, of an unrealistic uh, expectation is, okay, so we started in infancy, how we expect people around us to behave. Then we talked about expectations of ourselves growing up and how we need to succeed or how we need to perform. Then we become older and we have friendships and we have romantic relationships and there's expectations there. Mm -hmm. um, we carry all of that into our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And we do the same thing we do with humans that we do with God. And it blows my mind that I'm guilty of it. It blows my mind that oftentimes we don't think about this, that we have an expectation of God to perform mm -hmm. or to protect or to provide to our desires, mm -hmm. to meet our expectations. Um, sometimes things are weaponized. God is good all the time. He works all things for our good. Well, what is good? Yeah. And to me, this, this, and this, and this is great. So he wants it for me. Yeah, exactly. Can you just please do yeah. that? Like, really, when we pray, a lot of times we're just asking God to co-sign our desires. Yeah. And when he doesn't meet those, we, I mean, we, we have been in seasons as human beings where we really like, we even question his existence. Cause mm -hmm. how could a good God allow this to happen? Yeah. Why, why do bad things happen to good people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like an existential crisis almost because you're like, well, this amazing good God who loves me, whom I expect to love me and provide for me, he disappointed me because that bad thing happened. Mm -hmm. And so we do to humans the same thing we do to God, which is when they fail to meet our expectations or when something isn't desirable or comfortable or convenient for us, we place blame, we Absolutely. get resentful, mm -hmm. we question the integrity of the other person or God. Uh, and it's a really dangerous place to be. And so when when you're having expectations, I, I really, I, I do this to myself. I'm not preaching to anyone. I'm saying I've had to evaluate myself and really consider, well, where are my expectations originating? Mm -hmm. and, and what is the goal? I have an expectation for blank, but why? Mm -hmm. Is it because it's convenient for me, fun for me, exciting for me, beneficial to me, how? And then why is why am I even wanting that? Why am I desiring that? Because um, oftentimes, as we know, um, our will and God's will don't always align. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> but it does. It is for your good. And I like what you said. Like sometimes we have so many expectations mm -hmm. that we want God to meet for us, whether it's like the new job or mm -hmm. you know, I really want this. I want to be with this person, or mm -hmm. I think this is what's right for me. It's we're looking at it mm -hmm. from our lens and not yeah. from God's lens, mm -hmm. and so. That's what the enemy uses. Like, oh, well, God doesn't love you. He, he didn't get you that job or he doesn't, you know, he's not giving you what you want, you know, and that's another tactic to separate us from God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, and it, it'll separate us from God too, because when we, okay, so I, we just talked about like, well, when God disappoints us or mm -hmm. doesn't meet our expectations, um, we do the same thing to ourselves though, because even as a believer in Christ and a follower in Christ, we can uh, establish a distance between us and people who we consider to be able to do God's work mm -hmm. or worthy to do God's work and to glorify God. And we have to be very careful with that too, because, um, you know, through much of our lives, we are relying on our own ability and our own understanding and our education and our position and our stature and all of these things that arguably give us value. 
Um, we tend to rely on those things in life, whether it be for a career, for a relationship, whatever the case may be. And so we tend to rely on our own abilities. And with the, like the advent of social media, we were just talking about this, getting mm-hmm. ready to film. Yep. Um, to try, imagine comparing yourself to what you see on social media, um, even just aesthetically. <laughs> like, forget like all the perfect vacations you see and the yeah. perfect families and the perfect children who never take a tantrum and they're perfectly groomed in yeah. a family photo. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't show you the 75 outtakes where the baby was screaming and the kid was running in the background and, you know. Yeah, it's always your best foot forward on there. Exactly. And that's all you're seeing through that lens. And then when you're thinking about your life, you're mm-hmm. like, well, my life has this and this and this and this other person's life is perfect. Like, why isn't my life like that? Exactly. Well, we never present our, our worst um, selves. Of course. Or our worst failure. Yeah. You know, we, we post our, our greatest accomplishment yeah. and our, our favorite thing and our, you know, our best hair day. And, exactly. you know, and all those filters we were just talking about, you know, filters of, to make you look like you have a full face of makeup when you get out of bed, like things like that. I mean, it's just so, uh, it's so superficial. Mm-hmm. It's so fake. It's so, um, it's so damaging to self-worth. Um, and those are things that, you know, we just talked about, like maybe yeah. your image, maybe your family, um, maybe, uh, your job, all these things that are accolades and accomplishments that are highlighted on social media. They don't show the negative, but what's dangerous there, it, there's more at risk than just your self-esteem or your self-worth. What's at risk when we're talking about whether or not we feel, um, competent or qualified to do God's work. And by that, I mean, you can just, you can just evangelize. You can just tell someone about Jesus. I'm not saying you have to be in a pulpit. I'm not saying you have to be a preacher. Uh, what I'm saying is your ability to represent God to another human being, to grow his kingdom and to glorify his name. You can do that. Mm-hmm. You can do that. And we've talked about it in a recent uh, podcast where ministering to minister to someone is just to care for the needs of others. Yeah. Um, and so often we think like, okay, well, I, I'll be a philanthropist when I'm a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. You no, know, maybe you just need to buy somebody a meal who's <laughs> hungry on the street. Exactly. You're not saving the world, but you just save that person's day, you know? So it's little things like that where you gotta, you gotta kind of think smaller before you can get to the big. Um, and so often we think, okay, well, uh, okay, so I'll try and um, lead a Bible study in my home when I get my theology degree mm-hmm. or when it's co-signed by the church. Or when I get some kind of credential or, or educational value um, or educational title behind my name, then I'll do work for God. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we won't get there for whatever reason. Maybe you have a career that doesn't allow you to do that. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you're busy doing kingdom work in your kitchen. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just if you don't allow yourself, um, you don't allow yourself to just even contemplate what you can do for God now today. Um, and you'll convince yourself that you're less than. You're less than the person you see on social media. You're mm-hmm. less than that famous preacher. You're less than your pastor at church. You're less than the Bible study team at your church. If you can, if you convince yourself that you're less than spiritually, then you will justify doing less than mm-hmm. spiritually. And when, when I think about things like that, I'm in a place in my life now where I really think of kingdom implications. And that to me, is catastrophic when you are prohibiting yourself from doing God's work because you don't feel like you have the ability mm-hmm. or the credentials or you're not qualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like I love that you said that because you can do kingdom work with the littlest things. Mm-hmm. You don't need this big lavish plan, this big ministry, this big, mm-hmm. it's in the little things. Mm-hmm. And God wants to see us work in the little areas before he's going to move us to those big areas that we want. Yeah. 
And the Bible says you got to be trusted with little before he'll trust yeah. us with much. Um, and, and it's so important to remember that um, because with when it comes to ministry and when it comes to things like this, I, I just I love the Bible so much. And it's it's just such a good reminder. Like when you think about the Bible, um, sometimes like Priscilla Schreier says, like we think about the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Okay, like all the big cool stories, <laughs> Moses parting the Red Sea, yeah. Elijah letting fire rain down on Mount Carmel. We think of the big uh, just the huge miracles that God did through human beings that is just so amazing. And wow, Elijah was a great prophet. And Moses saved his people from slavery. And you think about the biggest, most epic moments of the Bible. But really, the Bible is full of unqualified, mm-hmm. broken, damaged, sinful people yep. that God used to do his work through them. Mm-hmm. He didn't need them to do it. God can do anything. He can snap his fingers and all of the things he accomplished through all of the people in the Bible could be done in the blink of an eye. Yep. I believe that he used these people and that he uses these broken people to glorify, to show that, okay, I can take this broken vessel. All I need is willingness. All I need is obedience to do my work mm-hmm. and I can work miracles through this person who's just willing to be obedient. And then through this broken person, like someone like me, for example, perhaps somebody who feels broken who feels inadequate, who doesn't, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a theologian. I just love the Lord mm-hmm. and I want to do his work. And so in this case, like with Lisa and I doing this podcast, it's not, be, we're not doing this because we feel like we know what we're doing or because we feel, <laughs> because we feel superior to anyone in any way. We're yep. just doing this out of a heart of obedience for the mm-hmm. Lord because we love God and we love his people. Absolutely. And we want to encourage people in the name of God to glorify yeah. him. Um, and so when we think about it, you know, the Bible is so full of all these people. And so we found we found some examples. This is not an inclusive list, but just kind of off the top of our head, we found some examples. I'd love it if you'd share some with us. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, the Bible is full of people that God used that were obedient to him. Right. Mm-hmm. These are not people who are just super qualified or perfect or strong or brilliant. They were just a vessel to be used. And that's why God used them. We have Moses, right? We have Noah never built a boat. Look at what he built. It's freaking massive. Like through the flood. Like, are you kidding me? What about Joseph? You know, the shepherd abandoned by his family, sold into slavery, accused of rape, imprisoned uh, and saved Egypt from starvation. Like, so cool. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, Elijah, insecure, anxious, overwhelmed, faithful, but he was faithful and obedient to restore God's place in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Mary, a young girl, first time mother who simply identified herself as a servant of God. And God definitely used her, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And David, of course, the young shepherd boy who defeated the giant uh, Goliath. Hello. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? This little guy goes out there and God used him. And he defeated Goliath and definitely one of God's favorites. Yeah. But were any of these people perfect? Like, were they qualified? Did they have, like, a degree? Like, no, they were just willing to be used. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool is that it it shows um, the repeated redemption value of obedience. Mm -hmm. So, like David, for example, perfect example. David, the same King David was the shepherd boy, David and Goliath. And then he he became a king. And then he, he committed the, the sin of lust and adultery. And then to cover that up, he committed murder and killed Bathsheba's husband Uriah to keep the pregnancy a secret. I mean, it was just, there was so much sin in his life, but it's, it's a good, like a powerful story of redemption coming from God that you, even in your sinfulness, 
when you confess, when you repent, when you turn to God and turn from your sins, he will reconcile, he will restore you. And so many of us need to hear that and that we're never so separated from God that he won't restore us if we confess and repent and are obedient to him. And it's, it's so important for people to hear that because like we talked about it, we feel like we have to get it all right. Mm-hmm. We feel like we have to be perfect and have all the answers and not be um, sinful and, and to not be selfish and to all these things. Absolutely. That's the goal. We want to be progressing and improving every day of our lives. But the reality is we are in a fallen world. We are sinful. We're living mm-hmm. in our flesh and we succumb to our flesh and our temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good reminder, like the, the Bible itself, the book, the word of God is full of these examples of mm-hmm. God's restoration power, God's ability. Uh, and so Second Corinthians twelve nine it really comes into play here. It says, but he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. And so what I what I think is really cool is God will take the very thing that you're weak in to turn it around and be strong for you mm-hmm. in that weakness to glorify him. Yep. And it's just incredible. I mean, Joseph went from being abandoned by his family, sold into slavery, to living in the palace and saving Egypt from um, from starvation and being glorified by the people in the name of God. And it's just a, such a beautiful um, testament. And of course, it's my life verse, Genesis fifty twenty. what you intended for evil and to harm me. Mm-hmm. God intended it for good. Yep. That's that God is good thing again. So arguably, a lot of the things that happened to Joseph were not good. But they ultimately work toward God's good plan and ultimately for Joseph's good. Um, so we don't have the full picture. No. And so what God asks of it is just to be obedient. Um, and, and it's an important reminder, and I was thinking about this week when I was doing the Bible study, is um, how we kind of like um, chronicle the hurts of our lives, whether it starts in childhood, adulthood, wherever it begins, we can kind of chronological uh, or take it in chronological order and think about the hurts that we have and cumulative, cumulatively how they have affected us today. And when I think about it, it's like if I start thinking about like how I've been hurt or by whom I've been hurt, I'm really more hurt by my expectations mm-hmm. of a person than the person. Yes. Right? Because oftentimes what we what we um, interpret as a failure or, or a disappointment or a betrayal perpetrated against us is actually just the loss of that expectation coming to fruition that was never really realistic anyway. Mm-hmm. Like for me to think that my husband's always going to know what I need and always do things correctly and always say um, the right thing to make me happy is unrealistic. Yeah. And if I if I want to be loved and given grace in my failures, I had to be willing to do the same thing the other way. Um, and so when you really think about it, it's like, did the person hurt you? Did their behavior hurt you? Or was it because they didn't meet your expectation that you're hurt? Mm-hmm. And when you can really think about it like that, there's a, a disconnect that happens. And it no longer makes it personal, like a personal attack against you. When you can consider that some of the hurt that you've endured is actually a result of unmet expectations that were not realistic to begin with, if you can think about it that way, then suddenly it doesn't feel like a personal attack. It just feels like, oh, I I wasn't thinking straight there. I wasn't being realistic in my expectation. Yeah. And so it takes the personal attack out of it, and then you can rationalize it a little differently, and there's no longer that same resentment or that, um, that same hurt that existed before. Yeah, that's so interesting. I can definitely 
relate to that. I think growing up, because my parents had so much expectations on mm -hmm. me, I definitely brought that into relationships. Oh, yeah. I expected a lot out of them. Yeah. I was just unrealistic. Like they yeah. should know this, like this, they have to do this. Like just, and I would get upset if those expectations were met and it wasn't even their fault. It wasn't mm -hmm. even something that, you know, they were even used to doing or in their character to have done, but that was just me like projecting on them what mm -hmm. I wanted. <laughs> Absolutely, that's normal. That's yeah. completely normal. And you know, not to place blame or anything, but really like the things that we observe, again, like going back to social media, Hollywood, rom-coms, romantic mm -hmm. comedies, romantic movies, um, reality TV, like our pastor last week, Pastor Aaron was talking about um, like dating shows, like The Bachelor and stuff like that. Like you don't get to date 30 people and go on world trips. <laughs> like it's just, that's not dating, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, we, we see these things and it looks exciting and fun. And then when real life doesn't match up to it, we're like, oh, well, I guess what is this? didn't really love me. I didn't go to you know Bahamas on my first date. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's not only unrealistic, it's actually quite silly yeah. when, you, when you think about it. Um, but I think if we were able to um, really and sincerely try to evaluate our expectations and manage them, ourselves just like we are responsible for managing our own feelings we're also responsible for managing our own expectations mm -hmm. and then work on a healthy like tool of communication if you will and like not everyone i can't i can't talk to my boss the same way i can talk to my husband for example absolutely so the relationships and their closeness to you the proximity to you um the value of the relationship clearly you're going to value your relationship with your husband or your spouse more than the value with your boss so when something is really important to you and when that, like I even tell my husband, I want to know what you need from me so that I can meet it. Mm -hmm. You know, usually, hopefully a person that you're romantically involved with wants to make you happy, um, to contribute positively to your day. You know, we can't be everything for everyone, but, um, my goal would be to make my husband happy. And when he gives me the tools, okay, well, this is what I need, honey. Mm -hmm. This is what will make me feel loved and valued and seen. If you do these five things for me, that will make me feel appreciated and loved. I'm more than eager to do that. Yeah. We just so often, we don't have those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, it's vulnerable. It is. And we miss that. Exactly uh -huh. like you said. I think you expect it and then you get upset. Mm -hmm. And then you don't address it or talk about it. And just, instead of laying it all out there, you want them to just know. And I think that's why it gets so toxic. Oh, yeah. And then uh, men and women are just different in general. And their needs are different. The way they communicate is different. And so it's important to try and speak the other person's language. Mm -hmm. Um I, I feel as though I'm an effective communicator. I don't speak my husband's language. Mm -hmm. So I need to be able to study him and communicate with him enough to know how he needs to be heard uh, and how he needs to hear from me. Mm -hmm. And so, and these are basic things. And it, it really comes in play in romantic relationships, familial relationships, whether it be parents, siblings, whatever. Also with parenting. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we, we talk so much yeah. about parenting and the expectations of a parent. Um, you're, you know, your child and you, when you have children, you want to be able to communicate them like what they do is valuable to you. Their success is important to you, but it doesn't constitute loving them or not. Mm -hmm. And so often expectations are connected to love. Like, I'll love you if you do this. Yeah. I, I will. I will be proud of you if you do this. But love should be exclusive of being proud or success or whatever the case yeah. may be. Um, again, it comes down to communication and being able to have calm healthy um, conversations with people about logical and realistic expectations. 
Um, and the other part about, you know, really the, this is everyday life. This is practical stuff that we have to live with. We all have interpersonal relationships of varying levels, whether it be romantic, work, family, whatever. Um, but when it comes to God, uh, we have to be very careful that we have realistic expectations for him. And that sometimes when we pray just so expectantly and so fervently, uh, and we like, God loves me and he wants the best for me. And when prayers seem to go unanswered, um, and or when he seems like he's not showing up where we want him to, um, we feel unloved and we feel disappointed. Um, so when we're praying just so emphatically and so intentionally, we also need to begin to pray for obedience and wisdom, meaning, okay, I'm going to pray for this God and I really want this to happen in my life. But if it doesn't, I still love you and trust you. Mm. Just like, I want my husband to say the right thing and do the right thing, but when he doesn't, I'll still love him. And so it's important that, you know, love and acceptance and kindness and gratitude is not exclusive from expectation, you know? Um, and so with God, we need to make sure that when our plans don't align with what's actually happening in our lives, that we're still grateful, uh, that we're still faithful, and that we still trust in his purposes, even when the plan doesn't fit our plan. And it's, it's dangerous when we start getting disappointed or resentful because we feel like we're being um, abandoned. Yes. So it's important to remember that and our pastor, Pastor Aaron at Hillside, he said something so brilliant. He said that um, God can appear most absent when he's most active. So when we feel like he's not answering us or he's not giving us what we want in some fashion, um, that he has abandoned us or neglected us. And that's not the case because he's always at work for our good. Uh, it's just it might not seem like it because our good and his good are not in alignment and we're not understanding the plans and the purposes. Um, so it's really important, too, that um, when we feel inadequate, um, that doesn't um, negate our ability to do God's work. Our inadequacies do not disqualify us from doing God's work. And it's important to remember that because when we start relying on what we think we can do for God, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I want to work for God by him working through me. Mm -hmm. I don't ever feel like I'll be in a position where I'll be worthy to be called on by God. I want to be obedient so that he sees that in my heart. So he sees an obedient heart that he can work with. I just want to be the vessel that he will work through. I think if we spend too much time working on our own abilities, our own awesomeness, our own education, all those things, if we just focus on those so, so that we can prove our worth to God, we won't have that same humility, that same surrendered and obedient heart because we're working on our own understanding. We're working on our own abilities and we're missing the point. Uh, so it's important to remember that everything God's going to do through us, he's going to do through him and his power, but using us as a vessel. Um, and so in doing this study with um, with the Priscilla Schreier, Elijah study, it just reminded me, you know, he was so um, insecure at times, depressed at times, um, confused, not not sure and very uncertain of his path with God. And if he was discerning what God really wanted him to do, and it was just a really good reminder that for even those that God calls to greatness, like Elijah raining fire down on Mount Carmel and proving to pagan worshipers that our God, Almighty God, is the God. 
this guy, this great prophet Elijah still had moments of insecurity. And so for even those God calls to greatness, he still leaves that frailty of their humanity intact. He still will allow this great prophet Elijah to feel insecure. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. He still allowed him to feel depressed. Yes. And, um, inadequate and fearful, even though he was faithful, he still was fearful at times and fearful of his own abilities. And you would almost think, well, if God created this amazing prophet to do God's work, why wouldn't he make him so confident? Well, I believe that it's because he leaves all of those parts of us in there, not as a flaw, but as a reminder that we are not doing this, that God is doing this through us. Absolutely. We yeah. need him. It's not our own doing. Exactly. We need to be dependent on him. Mm -hmm. We need to be humbled before him. Mm -hmm. We need to be obedient to and surrender to his power Absolutely. versus thinking, oh, I'm doing this for God. Look what I'm doing yeah. for God. No, no, no. I'm so high and mighty. I have it all figured out. Like yeah. God's never going to use someone like that. Exactly. But when you when you take a humble prophet, Elijah, who's confident in his God. He's confident in what he's saying and representing God because he believes it as God. He believes in mm -hmm. God's power and his omniscience and his brilliance and his might. And he can stand on Mount Carmel and say, this is my God. Yep. Not, hey guys, look at me. Look what I'm about to say. He's saying, no, this is my God. Yeah. I'm going to show you my God. And so God allows, allows people like Elijah and all the great, amazing people in the Bible to profile God through them and so that people see, okay, this is God. God's raining fire down from Carmel. Elijah never claimed to do that. He said, well, watch, watch what my God will do. Mm -hmm. And so I really believe that God leaves that frailty and the insecurities and the inadequacies and the self-doubt so that we remain humble and surrendered and obedient to his will and to his power. And it's important to remember that, I think. Yep. In the, in the quest for awesomeness and in the quest to be used by God, keep in mind you're being used by God for God's purposes. Exactly. You have to glorify yourself. And so I think it's a really important reminder. It was really cool in doing the study to see Elijah that way. You know, like he's awesome. And we look at him, the great prophet Elijah, we call him, but he still, he had moments of depression. Still human. Yeah, and it, it feels good to know that, that in order to be used by God, to, in order to glorify God, that I don't have to have all the right answers and feel awesome every day. Mm -hmm. I can have a bad day. I can have a down day where I'm, I'm doubting myself, but never doubt your God. Yes, And absolutely. that's the key. That's the key. His strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. Amen. <laughs> I love that. When you think about it, it it's not as um, scared to be weak. Mm -hmm. It's not as scary. I'm not as concerned in my own weakness anymore because I know that, that God will use exactly that. Um, to humble me and to be a, a witness to him and to testify for him. Um, that's such like a good thing too, because I think that takes so much of that expectation off of you too. You know, like I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to have it all together for God to use me. Like he uses all these other people in the Bible in their weakness because he's yeah. the one that makes us strong. Amen. So it relieves a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And so, and the Bible backs it up too. It's like, in, rather than you try to do things on your own ability, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Mm -hmm. So it's, don't lean on what you can do and what you're competent to do or what you're educated to do. Just be willing to lean into God mm -hmm. and He'll make the path for you. And that's, you know, the old phrase, God, where God guides, He provides. Yes. Um, if, if you feel, and this is the thing too, we all, like, we as believers, we often feel like God is nudging us to do something. 
Okay. It might be something as simple as, you know, bridging a gap with someone in, that you've had a fight with in the family, maybe, mm -hmm. or um, apologizing to your spouse when you feel like they're wrong. <laughs> like the little urgings that we get in our soul from the Lord to behave in a righteous way. Um, and just to do that. And it can be something as small as that. It can be something as big as starting a ministry, mm -hmm. starting a church, whatever the case may be. But the ultimate thing here is, and like we were talking about, don't expect God to make you perfect before he can use you. Yeah. Don't expect yourself to become perfect. Um, don't expect others to be perfect. Don't expect others to never fail you. Don't expect to never fail yourself. And so at the end of the day, when God is calling you and you feel that urging on your heart to go do something for God in his name, just go do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> exactly. But we stop ourselves and we talk ourselves out of it because we're like, it's not me. I can't yeah. do that. I'm not qualified to do that. And when you're not doing that, when you're not doing kingdom work, when you're not in, in responding to the prompting of God because you feel inadequate, he doesn't think, oh, that's so sad. She doesn't feel inadequate. He goes, oh, she's being a disobedient. She doesn't trust me. Mm -hmm. And so this is the way I look at, at my life now. It's like not following the urging of God is disobedience. Mm -hmm. Not trusting that what he has asked me to do in his name to glorify him, if I don't do that, I'm being disobedient. Wow, it's heavy to look at it that way. It is. It mm -hmm. is. And then, you know what? If you try to do something righteous in the name of the Lord and you fail, okay, you failed. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's going nobody's gonna to be disappointed for you other than yourself, but God will be so proud, just like yeah. a proud parent. But if you wholeheartedly believe that God is urging you to do something in righteousness and um, to glorify Him, just do it. Mm -hmm. If it's meant to be, if it's God's will, He will make a way. He will make your path. Oh, absolutely. I love that. And just like what you're saying to piggyback off of that, like people, I think those expectations or like God urging you to do something like makes people anxious. It oh, makes yeah. you anxious, especially if it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I love this Bible verse um, in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I think that's so perfect. Mm -hmm. And for those times where like God's urging you to do something, it's just to pray to him and release that to him, but also be thankful for everything he's doing. Amen. You know, kind of like what you're talking about and being humble, like, God, this is what I really want in this mm -hmm. situation. But if it doesn't happen, I trust you. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and again, to do work in his name and to, um, like the whole topic has been like expectations and what you think you're capable of doing and what you think other people should do and how they should behave. Um, but the overarching thing is to be realistic mm -hmm. and again, to lean into God and not to what other people are going to do for you or around you. Um, and when it comes down to that, what kingdom work are you prohibiting yourself from doing? What is God tapping on your heart to do that you haven't done? Mm -hmm. um, how have you underestimated yourself because you're looking at your own abilities and at what God is trying to do through you. I mean, I know many of us have things like that. Again, it doesn't have to be going and building that church and starting that ministry and being a missionary or or um, doing something huge and grandiose, starting a nonprofit, starting a business. It doesn't have to be that big. It yeah. can happen in your own home. And what are you prohibiting because you don't feel like you're big enough to handle it? Mm -hmm. Um, and so going back to the Bible again, Esther 4.14 is perfect for this. Perhaps this is the moment for which you've been created. You were made for a time such as this. Yes. Just listen to God. 
he doesn't lack ability. He just lacks willingness and, mm -hmm. and willing, obedient participants. And um, again, we're doing this um, Priscilla Schreier study. And I just, I think she's so profoundly wise in the things that she talks about. But when we're pausing our blessing, when we're pausing our work for God, when we are building up resentment in a relationship, when we're building up resentment from our spouse, when we're annoyed with our boss at work, when we're dwelling on things that happened or didn't happen that we wish had happened to us when we were seven, eight, nine, ten years old as children, when we're dwelling on all these things, we are prohibiting God's um, progress mm -hmm. and the purpose in our lives. And so it's really important because when we do that, and we get caught in the chaos of our minds and we, we hold ourselves back from kingdom work, the devil wins. Mm -hmm. And truly, truly, the enemy knows us. He knows God. He believes in God. He knows God that is powerful and can do all things through us. And so when we identify ourselves and we proclaim, okay, I'm a believer of Jesus Christ, the enemy hears that. He knows that. He knows that we belong to God, almighty, all-powerful God. And so when the devil knows that, he knows that we are unstoppable. Mm -hmm. which is why we, we get involved in the spiritual warfare and attacks and things like that. And so the devil believes that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And when we stop ourselves, Priscilla Shriya has a beautiful quote, and it says, what a shame for the devil to believe more in your kingdom power than you. That's so crazy. Because he literally, yeah, the only thing stopping us is literally us. Mm -hmm. The devil even knows the power that we have. But yeah. how many Christians don't utilize that power mm -hmm. because they just don't believe in themselves yeah. enough to let God use them? Exactly. And when we doubt ourselves, when we um, set expectations that we can never reach and then we get negative and we stop progressing and we stop working for the Lord, we're essentially doing the devil's work for him. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't even have to show up, he doesn't have to do anything to attack us. If we're willing to attack ourselves, our own abilities, our own self-worth, negative self-talk. So don't do his work for him. We need to believe in ourselves as much as he believes in us. Mm -hmm. And we need to focus on God and what God is able to do through us. Not what we can do for him. Yep. He, God will do his kingdom work and fulfill his purposes through us if we're willing, not because we're able. Oh, absolutely. Amen. At the end of the day, just do it. Just do it. If God's <laughs> urging you to do it, just do it in righteousness. <laughs> Wait, that's not an allow us to do whatever you want. But within righteousness, for kingdom purposes, to glorify God, if he's urging you to do it, do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own ability. Just go do it. And he'll bless you in more ways than you can know. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us, Lord. And we ask that you tap on the hearts of everyone listening. Lord, that you speak confidence to them. That we lower our expectations to reasonable and realistic and healthy levels, Lord. That we don't aspire to do things beyond our control and beyond our ability, Lord. That rather we seek you. That we glorify you through your power within us. We allow you to work through us with surrendered obedience, Lord. We ask for the ability to communicate healthy, positive expectations to those around us. Lord, may we rise to the occasion. May we be obedient and listen to you. And when you knock on our hearts and tell us to do something, that we do it, that we lean on your ability, not ours, Lord. We ask for confidence in you. We ask for faith and trust in you, Lord. We ask to be used for your purposes, to grow your kingdom and to glorify you. We give you all honor and praise, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. 
Amen. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope your time with us has brought you closer to God. And makes you feel equipped, empowered, and encouraged to experience Eden on this side of heaven. To connect with us, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day!